0: Mother's Day. Hey, we're going to have Children's Church, but before you go, let's have a big, loud, wonderful, praise God, applause for our great moms. Yeah. Yeah. We love you. We love you. Ah, I have a great mom too, and I miss her, and oh, we love you. Okay, time for Children's Church. You go, you enjoy, you enjoy be blessed. Oh, yeah. So glad that you're here. If you are here and you're a mom, we have a special gift for you. If you didn't get it, um, they will be on the welcome booth, okay? So on your way out, make sure you get it. Um, and if you're if you're a woman who, who just wants some encouragement and you're not a mom, you could take one too. We also have... Uh, uh, page, I put together of, of the notes of the points and the scriptures so that they can continue to encourage you, not just today, but any day that you need encouragement. We love you moms. It's just, it's crazy how how you bless and how you reflect the heart of God. And, and I just want to encourage you and give you hope and, and lift your face and encourage your heart. And inspire your your beautiful mission. That's what we want to do for you. So, um, so glad that you're here. Um, one thing you may not know is Sheree and Quincy are team teaching children's church. So they're not here, which means I get to tell any stories that I want. Oh, Sheree is safe. Don't you worry. She's a great mom and. I've told her many times, um, but uh, I want to uh, take a look as just to kick things off at a proverb that's uh here we go. Here we go. Yes. Proverbs 31 says of great moms, her children rise up and call her blessed and her husband also. And he praises her. So if you're a dad, if you're a husband, you have a scriptural mandate to to um, just build up and encourage and appreciate your wife and the mother of your children. And and that's what we're going to do. And that's what I'm going to do this morning. So um, I'm going to take a minute and, and tell you uh, what a wonderful um, wife that I have. Look at that first, first part. Her children rise up and call her blessed. And that, that is what my daughter Quincy, our daughter, has done for Sheree. I want you to know that. that many of you know that Quincy, um, who is our youth director, is engaged to Tyler, who preaches here from time to time. And, and we're so excited about that. When it came time for uh, her to pick her bridesmaids, she asked her mama to be her maid of honor. And that just, that just moved my heart. And, and that's to me what um, her children rise up and call her blessed. And, and more than that, they began to look for a house to live in um, when they get married. And they found what for them is the perfect house. And it's not the perfect house because it's a remarkable building, but it's located right next door to her mama. I happen to live there too, but that's just like, that's like the P.S. And, and like, so we tell, praise God, they're under contract for the house right next door to us. And, and we tell people that and they they kind of get this funny look and they go, is that a good thing? I'm like, she's not in the basement. That's a great thing. No, there's no, it's like, um, if you are as close to your daughter as as, as my wife and, in Quincy, are, that's that's great thing. That's a great thing. They're talking about putting in a tunnel or a zip line. I'm like, how about we just remove part of the fence? So, so the, like if you're with the city, we're not actually going to do it. Okay, they don't know that yet. But um, you know, one of the one of the if you're a mom, one of the problems, one of the trials is that our kids don't always understand and appreciate. All that you do in the deepest ways. And this came home for me when our son Tommy um, was uh, in kindergarten and he's sitting around at his table and the kids are having the kind of conversation that kids have about you know, well my mom and my dad, and then so it turned to mom and said my mom is a nurse, and he some some somebody said and she Takes care of sick people. Oh yeah. Well, my mom is a banker and she gives away money. And another kid said, Yeah, well, my mom's a teacher and she teaches. And Tommy just shut it down when he said, Oh yeah. Well, my mom can steer the car with her knees while she fixes her hair in the mirror. <laughs> We got a little talking to at the parent-teacher conference (laughs) about automotive safety that year. Sometimes kids don't get it. Um, How wonderful you are. How beautiful you are. And how precious to the heart of God you are. And so we want to make sure you get it and are encouraged. Um, If you hang with us for any length of time, you know... Um, We have been going through this powerful series called Pray This Way, where we walk with Jesus through the Lord's Prayer, right? And it's, here's a problem. It's Mother's Day. And we were scheduled to do the last phrase of that prayer, which is deliver us from evil. Now, I'm not the sharpest crayon in the box, but I'm not stupid. So we're going to wait till next week to be delivered from evil. (laughs) Well, we want to be delivered from evil every day, but to talk about that. So as I was praying and I I came across this prayer that the apostle Paul prayed and wrote um, from the heart of God in in his letter to um, the Colossians. And I thought this section of this prayer is such a beautiful prayer um, for moms. And so look at it, and unpack it, and it contains so much of of the beauty and the power of what God wants to do in and through you and how he values you. And so I I just want to press into that. You ready for it? Okay, here it goes. Here it goes. He prays that you, and we're talking about moms, but all of us need this, right? Being strengthened with all power, right? According to God's glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father. Now, who doesn't need that? What mom doesn't need all of that? Which one of us doesn't need all of that? And here's the thing. When you find a prayer like this in scripture, it's not just telling you what to pray. It's telling you what to pray because God so desperately desires to give this to you. So, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to unpack this. And, and, and it's so much more beautiful and deep than it even looks. So we're going to take it in two sections and unpack it and see how we can, uh, how we can if you're a mom, just, just mine the depths of the beauty that's here. So let's start with the, with the beginning part. He says, be strengthened, that you would be strengthened with all power. That's like superhero, superhuman strength. This is like lifting cars right in your spirit according to who? According to his glorious might. That is beautiful. That is wonderful. Cuz I don't know one mom who's who's never felt like I don't I can't do this, right? I don't have the strength. I don't have I don't have what it takes, you know? I'm not I'm not smart enough. I'm not beautiful enough. I'm not loving enough. I'm not tender enough. I'm not tough enough. I'm not understanding enough. I'm not patient enough. I'm not, I'm not enough. And here's the beautiful part. You don't have to worry. Because you don't need to be, because God is. And God so desires to give you his strength with all power, according to his glorious might. Not according to your giftedness, not according to your upbringing, not according to your um, ability, according to his strength. He wants to bless you and strengthen you with all power power. And that is huge. And that is beautiful. Now there are some action steps that go go along with this. So we want to take a look at those to to make sure that you're able to, to live in and walk in and apprehend everything that he has for you. Okay. Action step number one for this, for getting all power, is you got to know. You got to know you have God's power available to you and you got to ask for it and receive it by faith, how do you do that okay let's, let's just like do that right now, God, you promise me that you will strengthen me with all power according to your glorious might now i don't i don't fully understand that, but I believe you and I'm taking you at your word, and I'm lifting your word up to you and i'm saying, I need this, please." Strengthen me with all power according to your glorious might. And now I'm going a step further. I'm receiving from you by faith all power according to your glorious might. Regardless if I feel it, regardless of anything, I'm receiving that. I, I, I'm receiving that, Lord. And then walk and do as if, because you will. Okay, walk by faith in that. That's how you do it. You got to ask for it. You have to know it. You know, Romans is beautiful. Romans eight eleven says that if you belong to Jesus Christ, then the same power, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you, which means it will raise you up too. It will raise you up every morning to know his mercies are new, his, his strength is new for you. He will raise you up every morning to do it again. He will raise you up in the middle of the night for your kids, some of you again and again and again, maybe every 15 minutes. He will give you that supernatural strength to be there, to have depths, of like aquifer reserves of love and patience and joy and strength. He will raise you up, especially when you say, you get to the point where you say, I can't do this anymore. He says, yes, but I can. And I am for you because I love you. And you are loving in a way that reflects my heart for your kids and they will try to find the love that you have reflected in all things and they will only find it ultimately in me. And you are pointing them to me with your love. I will do it through you. Oh, you precious Oh, you're precious, but you got to, you got to know what you got at your disposal. Ask for it, receive it by faith. Action step number two: you got to believe the truth and reject the lies. Listen, the enemy of your soul, and there is one, and you'll find out more about him next week does not want you walking in power, does not want you walking by faith, does not want you walking in the Lord's strength, does not want you mothering um, like as a reflection of God. That is very dangerous stuff to him. And so he will try to discourage you at every turn. And you know what these discouragements sound like. He whispers to you. This is what they sound like. You can't do this. You can't do this. You're not good enough. Don't you know what you are? You're a failure. You have blown it too many times. Your kids do not really love you or they wouldn't be doing this. You do not really love your kids or you wouldn't be doing this and feeling this and saying this. You should just give up. That, my friends... Is a lie. And I only share it with you so you can recognize that those discouragements are a lie and you have to reject the lie and believe the truth. You have to replace the lies with the truth. How do I do that? It's the same as what we're saying in Ask and Receive. I want all the moms to read this out loud with me. You would say, when you hear the lie, no. I am strengthened with all power according to God's glorious might. Amen. That is the truth and you reject the lie and you you cement the truth in your heart and in your mind and you don't believe it. You continue to walk in that truth and affirm that truth. And when you do this for yourself, you are preaching the gospel to yourself. And here, this will come as a shock to no one. You are a far better preacher to you than I am. So do it, Right? Preach God's word to your own mind, to your own heart, especially when the lies come. You've got you to gotta embrace and stand on the truth and kick the lies to the curb until they stay there. And they are stubborn. They will come back when you are most vulnerable. So you've got to know, right? You've got to replace the truth. You've got to replace the lies with the truth. And you and I, and this is for men, women, children, all of us, you and I have to live as though and think as though the truth is true. That sounds simple, but we don't do it, right? At our lowest moments, don't we live and think as if the lie is true? No, you need to live as though the truth is true. That's what God's word says in Ephesians. He says, in all circumstances, pick up the shield of faith. That's what you're doing, right? With with which you can extinguish all the fiery darts, all the lies of the evil one, right? Now the darts aren't the only thing that are on fire. His pants are on fire. Why? Because he's lying, right? And you've got to take up faith to extinguish the darts of the evil one. Here's what you and I need to do. Believe in the truth and doubt your doubts rather than doing what we often do, which is doubting the truth and believing our doubts. You believe in the truth and doubt your doubts. Don't put faith in your doubts and doubt the truth. You Okay, number three. Number three. Actually step number three. This is huge. Never rely on your own strength. You remember we go back. We will be strengthened with all power according to His glorious That means we never, ever, rely on your own strength. This is so important to all of us, moms, not just you, dads, young people, all of us. Never rely on your own strength. This is going to be the hard, hard one for for some of you because culture, because media. You know, I'm not. I'm not telling you anything that you don't know, but we'll always encourage you to trust in your own strength. Trust in your own ability. Never, never, did I say it? Never rely on your own strength. This has creeped into the church and it is so an anti-God, an anti-Christ mindset. Never rely on your own strength. Culture will always tell you to do that. Why? Well, it makes sense. You remove God from the equation and all you have is your own strength. And it sounds so positive, so encouraging, so Caleb. know I love Caleb. I'm not just... So positive and encouraging, right? And that's why it's dangerous. Here's what it sounds like. You got this. You got this. Or I got this. I hear this like all day long. That, my friends is Satan's motto. You got this. Trust in yourself. The triumph of the human spirit. You never trust in your own strength. That is so antithetical to the cross, to Jesus, to the gospel. Here's the truth. Jesus got this. And you got Jesus. And Jesus got you. That is the gospel. You do not trust in your own strength, independence from God, strength apart from God. It's what makes Satan Satan. you don't need, you got it. Everything you need is within you. Yes, if Christ is within you. Now it sounds like I'm playing word games, right? That this is just word games. No, it is not word games. The world will tell you it's all the same, but God will tell you. It is the difference between self-confidence and God-confidence. It is the difference between trusting in yourself and trusting in Christ. The world will tell you it's the same and God will tell you it is polar opposite. It is the difference between darkness and light, rebellion and righteousness, death and life. Never, ever, Trust in your own strength. And you know where this is going to be hardest? Where God has blessed you with particular ability. Where God has blessed you with a particular ability. Whether that be in business or art or athletics or something else. You will be most tempted there to trust in your own strength. Do not do it. Not in your relationship, not in your marriage, mama's. You may be a great mom. I hope you're a great mom. Maybe you're on your way to being a great mom. Don't trust in your your gift and trust in the strength of the Lord. Okay, okay. Each one of these action steps has the potential to become a message in and of itself. So I I apologize. Okay, so it gets better. It gets better. Here, um, just so you know, I'm I'm, I'm not making this up. Ephesians 6.10, the word of God says, finally be strong, how? In the Lord and in the strength of his might. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. You know, God gave me a traumatic brain injury or allowed me to have that. I'm not blaming him for it. In, in a way, because I am so prone to pride. And now I know I can't do this. I can't. And so I have to become desperate, and in that moment, his strength moves in and becomes perfect. And he'll do the same for you mamas, dads, young people, singles. He'll do it. It gets better. It gets better. The promise goes on. There's more. For all, he gives you this power, all this strength in in his might. For all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father. Show of hands, moms. Who, which mom does not want all endurance, all patience, and all joy? Who wants it? All of you. And some men. Good. God bless you. Right? Right? Do we not all need that? We do. We do. Here's the great thing. He wants to give that for us. God sized portions of endurance and patience and joy giving thanks to the Father. And we got some action steps here, right? We got to know you got to know that you're not a phone, you're a fridge. I think he has officially lost it. I don't think he's a real pastor. Hang with me. You are not a phone right? We're so used to our smartphones. That's not a bad thing, right? We're used to it, right? Which means like you plug it in, you charge it up, you unplug it, you're good, and you go, right? Now that's fine if you're a phone. That is a horrible way to live your life. People often say that in Christian circles. Yeah, I'm going to come to church or I'm going to listen to this podcast. I'm going to listen to get recharged, blah, 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 blah. Horrible way. Now, technology, battery technology, there's nothing wrong with this, but we'll always try to make you free from having to be directly connected to the power source at all times. It's not bad if you're a phone. It's horrible if you're a person. You are not a phone. You are a fridge. And you never, ever unplug the fridge. Don't ever do that. There's precious stuff in there. When you unplug the fridge, you have a giant Coleman cooler, right? And everything starts going bad. And that's a horrible tragedy, right? The milk starts smelling funny and the kids bring it to dad. And when they say, taste this, see if it's okay. It's our job. We'll talk more about that on Father's Day. Unplug the fridge. And that's what you're not a phone, you're a fridge means. It means you've got to stay constantly plugged in to your power source. That's Jesus. Not charge, unplug, and go, and then recharge when you run out of juice. That's not the model. It's not the model. Again, I'm not making this up. Jesus said it this way. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me stays plugged into the power source and abides in me and I in him. He or she is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nada, nothing. So do not trust in your own strength and stay connected to your power source. Jesus didn't use phone and fridge, he said, Abide. That's what he said. Abide. You gotta stay plugged in. That's what you gotta do. Okay. How do we abide? How do you want to abide? Three ways, okay? You gotta eat. You gotta pray. You gotta worship, right? You gotta okay, so you're gonna eat every day. You're gonna feed yourself on God's word. You're gonna pig out, you're gonna hide it in your heart, you're gonna put it in your mind. You're gonna repeat it to yourself, right? You're gonna pray. It's gonna be just like a nonstop conversation. Right? You're gonna always leave the line open. You're always going to be listening. You're always going to be talking, not stop conversing. And you're going to have a lifestyle of worship, right? If you want this, if you want this, this endurance and patience and joy, you have to have a lifestyle of worship all 24 seven. How you do that, you surround yourself with people who lift your face, right? You, you maybe music isn't important. Praise music is important to you. You're going to do that with scripture. You're going to do so. That's those are just some of the ways that you're going to do that. Okay, and thankfulness, thankfulness, which leads us to number two. If you want the endurance, you want the patience, you want the joy. Action step number two: We have to see thankfulness as the gateway to joy. Okay, let's go back to the verse and see. It's right there. Okay, see that right in the middle there at the end of the first part and the beginning of the second that was underlined phrases? With joy, giving thanks. Now, throughout Scripture, you're going to find joy and thanksgiving together. You're like your joint twins. You, you, they're, they're, they're together very often. Why? But here's the problem. It's hard to do joy, right? It's hard to do joy. It's kind of a, an outpouring of something else. But you can do thankfulness. You can do thankfulness. Thankfulness is the gateway to joy. You want to unlock joy, you've got you to lay hold of thankfulness, right? Just, just be thankful for everything. Just express in your mind, sometimes in your voice. So you know, everything you see, thank you for these people. I'm thankful for this place. I'm thankful for this. Just everything you see and, and touch and taste. Look, road test this. I don't care who you are. You're a mom, you're a dad, you're a single, you're, you're a young person. Try road test this. 10 minutes. Just take 10 minutes and compulsively thank God. I mean, from your heart, everything that you see, everything that you can think of, just for 10 minutes, just pour out thankfulness to him for everything you can possibly think of. You do that from your heart. 10 minutes. You're going to be feeling more joy than you have in an awfully long time. Trust me. Try it. And then when you're done trying it, you're going, wow. Think to yourself, why not do this all day? Why not do this all life? Is this what it is? Thankfulness is the gateway to joy, and He wants you to have joy. Okay. Take a look at this. This is true. It's not so much that the joyful heart is thankful, but that the heart that is thankful to God is joyful. So be compulsively, ridiculously thankful in your heart for even crazy things. You're going to find a joy welling up inside you that you didn't know was possible regardless of your circumstances. Last one. This is the last action point. I'm gonna get punished if I leave them up there. Like, here's what we should do. We should end the service and not tell them that we're done. Because they say, like, if we run out of stuff to do, I'm like, you've been parenting two kids for years. You know, realize who, okay, shh, don't tell them that. Realize whom you're really serving. That is so key to having the endurance and the patience and the joy that God is leading you into. You gotta realize whom you're really serving. And moms, isn't that what your life is, right? Serving, you're a servant. You're a servant, you're serving your kids, serving other people's kids, you're serving your husband, you're serving. (coughs) And that is the highest office that you could ever have because that's what King Jesus became. Servant. He said, the greatest among you, moms, will become a servant. right? Just like me. Just like him. Right? That's what he's saying. But the hard part, and, and let's just be honest, the hard part is when it goes unnoticed and unappreciated, right? Sometimes you have those days, you have those seasons in your life where you feel unnoticed, you feel unappreciated. I had a a uh, 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 father come to me and uh, he says, uh, you know, we're, this is this tough season in our lives, particularly for my wife. And I said, why is that? She said, because she particularly just gives and gives and sacrifices and serves for our daughter. And, and most of the time, I don't think our daughter even notices or realizes it or appreciates it. And if she does, she doesn't express it. In any way? And I said, wow, that's tough. How old is your girl? He said, three months. Three months old. I said, really? He says, yeah. I'm not making, you can't make this stuff up. He says, yeah. He says, how long does this not noticing and not appreciating, how long does it last? I said, how old were you when you had your first kid? He said, 26. I said, about 26 years, (laughs) sometimes longer. (laughs) But being unnoticed and unappreciated is true, isn't it? Until you realize whom you're serving. And when you do, you realize it is always noticed. And it is always appreciated. You know, it was really weird because I'm praying about, God, how do you want to encourage the moms and the people? How do do you want to do that? Because that's that's what I want to do, right? And he felt led to this passage. And it's really strange to use it in this way. It's familiar to many of you. But I don't know if you have ever applied it to being a mom and being recognized and noticed and appreciated. It is a passage that is often correctly and commonly applied to those people who are hurting and needy outside of our household. But I think too that we do a disservice when we only restrict it to them. Jesus tells a true story about something that will happen in the future when he will speak to um, a group of people who know whom they're really serving, right? He said, I will say to them, Come ye, blessed of my Father, and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world because I was hungry and you gave me food and I was thirsty and you gave me drink and I was a stranger and you welcomed me and I was naked and you clothed me and I was sick and you visited me and I was in prison and you came to me and if I could change this up just a little bit and the godly moms will say to him, When? When did we see you hungry? Uh, if you're a mom, you saw your kids hungry eight to ten times a day. Three meals, you feeding them all the time. When did I see you thirsty and give you something to drink? Only constantly, right? For your kids particularly before bed when they're trying to delay the inevitable? I'm thirsty. All right. I, you, know. you know you're going to have to have the power of God wake you up to take to the bathroom because of that. Right? You, when did I see you? When did I see you a stranger and welcome you? Every time your kid was rejected by the kids they most wanted to be accepted by, every time they were afraid of a new circumstance, every time they felt in their heart that they were unfit or misfit or unlovable, were they not welcome in your arms, mama? When did I see you naked and clothe you? Oh my goodness. Streaking. Streaking was an Olympic sport in my house. Just the kids, just the kids, right? I don't know. It seemed like they were only happy if they were taking their clothes off and running away naked. We were chasing after a naked honey with a diaper or clothes or a towel all the time. When did I see you naked and clothe you? Only every day. And you went, mom, with mended clothes, out of fashion clothes, homemade clothes, thrift shop clothes, so that your kid could have the light up sneakers and the thing that would make them feel as lovable as you want them to feel on the inside. When did I see you sick? Mama, who do they want when they're not feeling right? You still do. You still do. Doesn't matter how old you are. You put a Band-Aid on it. You wrap it up. And they believe that you can heal them with a kiss. Hmm? When did I see you in prison and come to you? You see your kids locked up all the time maybe not physically, but emotionally by lies that they've heard, that they've told themselves, with broken ways that they have tried to find life and joy. And you speak love and faith and truth into them in gentle ways. And the king will say to them, truly, I say to you that as much as you did it for one of the least of these, my brothers, least of these, your children count as the least. You did it to me. Now we should never forget that the main focus is on us seeing everybody this way, regardless of whether they're in a household or not, right? And loving them the way Jesus would, serving them the way Jesus would. But I do not want you to discount whom you serve when you are serving your kids. Because if you do it for Jesus and because of Jesus, then you are doing it to Jesus. The feeding and the cleaning and the drinking and the serving and the healing and the clothing and the setting free. You're not just doing it for your kids who sometimes don't notice and sometimes don't appreciate. You're doing it for Jesus. And if you know whom it is that you are serving, then you can do it with endurance that you would not otherwise have, with patience you could not otherwise find, and with joy that you could not otherwise live in. Because Jesus served first and loved best. He went on the cross without food or drink so that we could have the bread of life and the water of life and the wine of forgiveness He was stripped naked so that we could be clothed in righteousness. He became the stranger and the rejected so that we could be welcomed in to the heart of God. He became imprisoned by sin so that we could be set free. And in response to that, with him inside you, you can do anything, mama. He's got you not because he has to but because he loves you know who you are in him and you will continue to do the most important job don't I'm not here to tell you you should work you shouldn't work you aren't working but phew, you are a mom regardless of what else is is added to that and that is precious in god's sight you are doing eternal work do not please try to do it on your own god never intended you to and with jesus you never ever have to i just leave you with a quote from Somebody I look up to, he said something wise. Andy Stanley said, your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something you do, but someone you raise. God notices. God is here. And God's not going anywhere. Make sure you have him. I love you. Let's pray. Lord, what a great and precious gift you have given us. You have shown us your heart by the moms in our lives that reflect your heart of sacrifice and selflessness and love and service. Lord, may we all enter into you and not go this road alone because you came so that we would never have to. Lord, forgive us for the times when we've blown it. Help us reject the lies and walk in the truth and stay plugged in to our power source. And this day and every day, let us make sure that the moms among us know how precious, how appreciated they are by us and by you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, um, we always, during this last song, have a time of response. (laughs) The most important sermon you hear is not from me. It's God speaking to your heart in different ways. If you need prayer to work through or take the next step in some area, I, I, I camp out up here. I, I'll sit. and Edward, if you wouldn't mind taking a seat on the other yeah. side, Edward will pray with you. Um, Amanda's back there. If you, if you have like a woman thing and you want to talk to Amanda, but... You don't have to walk this road alone. Following Jesus is a team sport. Maybe you need prayer for this. Maybe something else. Maybe for someone else. Maybe you just need a blessing or an encouragement. I ask you to come. We'll pray together. But do business with God in your heart. I love you.